0: Welcome to Embolden, Living a Bold Christian Life. I'm Chris Shetter, a self-professed, ordinary Christian, living out life with and learning about an extraordinary God. Hello friends, welcome to another edition of our Tiny Yet Mighty series. Today's lesson comes from our next book in our Tiny Yet Mighty series, the Book of Philemon. It's lesson number seven. Forgiveness of others brings us the blessings of Christ. And Philemon 9 through 10 says, It is none other than Paul, an old man, and now also a prisoner of Christ Jesus, that I appeal to you for my son, Onesimus, who became my son while I was in chains. Recently, I've been thinking a lot about forgiveness. It keeps popping up in various Bible studies and readings. And when that happens, I realize God is trying to tell me something. So the other day, while in my she shed, where I do my Bible reading and meditation, I just sat and did an inventory of the people in my life and those no longer in it. My question for each face that popped in my head was, is there something I haven't forgiven in this relationship? There are people whom I actively must work at forgiving, There's one person in my neighborhood that each time I see him, I need to remind myself I no longer harbor ill feelings towards him. It's fascinating, however, to pay attention to my whole body and mind when he enters my sphere. I remind myself I have forgiven him, yet my body wants to remember the hurt feelings. It's a brief little battle that, thankfully, Jesus and the Holy Spirit helped me to win. In fact, the last time I saw him, I thought it was a different neighbor, and I waved. When I realized who it was, I did a mental flip. Ugh, why did you have to wave to him of all people? You're just not supposed to think anything about him and move along. But waving gave the impression I was happy to see him. I suddenly realized in my mini battle that it was again the Holy Spirit forcing me to step out of my comfort zone and not just be neutral, but be kind. That individual aside, I came to an even greater realization about my need to forgive. These days, I can't think of a greater forgiveness need in me than to forgive my church. Actually, just about all churches who have shuttered their doors during the desperate times last year. But let me back up a bit. Today, we jump into the little book of Philemon, and Paul is currently imprisoned in Rome. He writes to a wealthy friend. In Colossus, concerning the slave Onesimus. Onesimus took off from Philemon's household, having stolen from him. Onesimus found himself in the company of Paul and was converted. And now Paul humbly asks Philemon to forgive his slave and allow him to return. I remember as a child my mom ta- talking about converted prisoners. She scoffed at the idea that murderers and thieves could find Jesus and change their lives. She thought it was all just a ploy to get out of jail earlier or to garner forgiveness about truly repenting. And she may be right in some cases, but who is to know the heart of a sinner but God? I wonder if Philemon thought the same. To once benefit, he had the great apostle Paul standing up for him. How often have we held out forgiving someone because they didn't meet our list of requirements for forgiveness? The person in my neighborhood that I must remind myself to forgive frequently, he hasn't ever asked me for forgiveness. He's never acted in a way that showed he even knows he needs my forgiveness. My church who locked their doors and turned me away from praying at the outdoor steps of the sanctuary doesn't see any need for me to forgive them the elders and pastor who either ignored my pleas for help or worse said hurtful things have not asked for forgiveness. So why should I forgive them? Why should Philemon forgive a man to whom he gave so much and then stole from him? I was once in a discussion about forgiveness during a Bible study, and the leader, who was an elder in the church, said to the group, you can't forgive someone unless they have paid a price or asked for forgiveness. There's that biblical truth issue popping up. Now, I'm working on my path from being a baby Christian to a mature one, but even I know that's just not sound Jesus teaching. Matthew 18, 21-22 says, Then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times? Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times. The thing I like about this conversation in Matthew is he deals with the real-world situation. So many of us keep doing things that need forgiveness from others, and Jesus says to keep on forgiving each and every time. I was reading about forgiveness and came across this list of spiritual characteristics of someone who forgives. One, concern for his place with God. Two, concern for people. Three, concern for fellowship. Four, concern for knowledge, five concern for glory, and six concern for blessing. My response to the Bible study leader that was that if her rules about forgiveness were true, then how can we forgive people who have already died but negatively impacted our lives? Or how can we forgive people that either don't have anything to do with us anymore or have no idea they did something wrong? Under her ideas, so many of us would live in a horrible burden of pain and hurt and anger. And Jesus doesn't want that for us. He wants to shower us with that glory and those blessings listed in the forgiver characteristics. Mark 11.25 says, And when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive them, so that your Father in heaven may forgive you your sins. Against anyone. For any reason. But the most important part of that forgiveness lesson, quote, so that your father in heaven may forgive you your sins. I want to be forgiven because I know I have a lot for which I need to be forgiven. Therefore, I need to search my heart and truly forgive our churches. I've learned a lot this last year about compassion and our human tendency to live in fear. And although our pastors preach to have faith rather than fear, we fall back into the flesh so easily. I do it, you do it, our church leaders do it, and they're just humans too. It doesn't make me feel good to see our cl- churches closed, but I also don't want to have the burden of unforgiveness on my heart and soul. I realized I can be sad and still forgive. I like that in this letter to Philemon, Paul doesn't demand that the slave once must be taken back into the household. Paul wields a lot of authority. He could have just said, take him back and don't be mean to him. But God wants our hearts. Jesus and the Holy Spirit work on our transformation. That's why each time I see what was previously my nemesis in the neighborhood, I know the Holy Spirit is working in me. My hand was purposely Lifted up to wave at him, not the mistaken neighbor. To help my heart be free of any last morsels of unforgiveness. Friends, I've seen the miracle of healing and forgiveness in others. I have felt it in myself. It's there for the taking for you. Let's be like the father of the prodigal son. From a long way off, his, he saw his son returning. He didn't know why his son was coming back. It could have been to ask for more money. Instead of looking out the window and thinking every bad thought, he ran to him. He tucked his tunic between his legs and ran to hug him in front of the townspeople. He might have needed to forgive him a few more times in the course of their lives. We don't know. But the joy he had with that one action has given us the lesson for the ages. Have a great day.